Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today we're going to talk about death from ivermectin suppression, Dr. Martin's vaccine litigation, you will not believe this, uh, bad news polls for Democrats, and Dr. Harari's inhuman views. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five and to Deep Dive Monday and Dress Down Monday. This is the one day I almost hardly ever have a guest on with me. I like to dive into one topic a little more deeply on Mondays. Um, and since I don't have a guest, you're a little bit dressed down. But in any case, what I want to talk about today overall in the show is trying to get a bigger picture of the way in which humanity, mankind, is viewed by leftists as an entity, as a uh, blob, to be controlled, manipulated, uh, moved around, um, and why that, the fact that that is how they think, many leftists think, and how they function, it makes it more and more important for Americans who love America, who love liberty, who love this concept of that we live in a society of, of where the ideas of the Declaration and the Constitution are, are uh, primary, are fundamental, the idea that we have rights from God because we were born, that we're, we have a creator, that we're all equal. All those things are really important ideas to counter against the way the leftist worldview is more and more openly acknowledging they're really just about organizing, orchestrating, and manipulating everyone. Two, they would claim make things better, but the really is, what they're really doing is making things uh, the way they want them to be. So the first topic is death for iver from ivermectin suppression. This article was actually out, um, I don't know, last week, I think. And uh, it is a really important um, thing to remember. We talk in the show many times about how there has just been this mad rush by many people, Dr. Fauci, uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, the kind of the federal um, healthcare establishment uh, in the form of the NIH and CDC and FDA. As soon as COVID came along in the early, in the early, year, early in the year 2020, COVID came along and the pressure became almost instantaneously push us toward a vaccine tell everyone nothing else works everything else is is dubious nothing works you must hold your breath while the uh, pharmaceuticals develop vaccines so what this article i first want to talk about in today's first five has to do with um, is an actual incident that occurred early in 2020 when uh, several doctors actually submitted information to the world health organization showing them and this was i think in october of 2020 was the first presentation to the World Health Organization of how extremely effective ivermectin was in treating COVID patients. Now, of course, here we are in early 2022, and more and more people are aware of this. Ivermectin is very effective in treating COVID patients. But back then, there was hardly anyone talking about it. So October 2020, these doctors were asked to give a, a presentation or analysis to uh, the World Health Organization. So one doctor, Dr. Andrew Hill, 
was among the chief people who submitted their evidence to World Health Organization showing essentially that ivermectin was overwhelmingly effective in dealing with COVID, which you would have thought in, if the world were operating under sanity or just logic that the World Health Organization, they might have validated the studies, but very quickly they would have jumped on, so this is great, you know, get that news out there right away. But of course, that's not what happened. So now there's a doctor, a woman doctor named Dr. Tess Lowry, and she put out a kind of a video letter. She did a letter to, uh, to uh, doc, this doctor, um, Andrew Hill, who pretty much, after providing information to who, tell it to World Health Organization, showing that ivermectin was overwhelmingly effective, almost right away, that um, the, uh, Dr. Andrew Hill buffered his, what he said, said, ah, I'm not so sure about that. And so this is a letter now from, from this other doctor, Tess Lurie, to Andrew Hill, of, of, you know, a, a video letter just saying, what in the world happened to you? I sent this to Mr. Becker. I want to have you play, even though it's going to make this a little longer than first five. Um, I want to play that right now. October 2020, Andrew Hill was tasked to report to the World Health Organization on dozens of studies from around the world evaluating ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19. Because it's really light writing. It's hard to read what they put on, on the beginning of this. Dr. Hill talked to two American physicians, Dr. Paul Merrick and Dr. Pierre Corey, and British scientist Dr. Tess Lowry about the exciting data that he could present. Then something happened. Dear Andy, and now left is taken away. This is Dear letter. Andy, it is approximately one year since I shared with you my rapid review of the evidence on ivermectin for COVID. It's one year since my video address to our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, advising him that we had a safe and effective medicine to beat the pandemic. And one year since you and I met to discuss working together to get ivermectin approved as soon as possible. Early in January 2021, we shared data and agreed that ivermectin looked like a cheap, safe and effective way to end the pandemic, that it needed to be rolled out as soon as possible. We agreed that working together would facilitate this and you joined our strong author team preparing to conduct a Cochrane systematic review. Before we could collaborate, however, you published your paper as a preprint I will never forget reading this paper for the first time. You reported that ivermectin was associated with reduced inflammation, faster viral clearance. Ivermectin showed significantly shorter duration of hospitalization. And in moderate or severe infection, there was a 75% reduction in deaths with favorable clinical recovery and reduced hospitalization. Incredible! At a time when hospitals were overflowing, people were being locked down to prevent viral transmission and the death count was rising, here we had a safe established off-patent medicine that could reduce hospitalization, viral transmission and deaths. Yet your conclusions were, ivermectin should be validated in larger, appropriately controlled, randomized trials before the results are sufficient for review by regulatory authorities. People were dying. We were told hospitals were overflowing. We had a safe old medicine that could help. 
yet she called for more trials. On the 17th of January 2021, I wrote to you, asking you to retract your paper, saying that it would cause immeasurable harm. We met on Zoom the next day. I think. I will tell you that the Zoom call, this doctor who wrote this letter we just were listening to, recorded the Zoom call, recorded herself speaking, as well as as Dr. Um, Andrew Hill responding. And I'm just gonna make this little segment too long to play his, but I urge you to read, to listen to it yourself. You can see it at our website, americacanbetalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links. I urge you to watch that whole segment because you can even see this doctor who's uh, originally had seen the research, agreed with her, agreed with this Dr. Philip Corey, Pierre Corey, other doctors, ivermectin is tremendously effective, which now many, many doctors are finally realizing. And in this video call, this Dr. Uh, Tess, Tess Laurie made uh, to Andrew Hill, she's got him on video too. And you can actually watch him. He, he won't even look at the camera. You know, she's asking him, what, what, what in the world happened to you? We had great results. And then you, your suggestion was, I think we have to do more reviews and more tests. And you know, that one of those things they always say, and even in spy novels, but in all sorts of things, you know, when you're talking to your kids, they won't look you in the eye. You're thinking, ah, they're not telling the truth. That's what he's like, the whole, he's looking around the room. Well, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, he couldn't even look her in the face. Part of what she presented to him in this phone call was the fact that other people who reviewed the letter, the paper that he, this Dr. Andrew Hill, had submitted to the World Health Organization, a couple of different people who reviewed the letter said, there's somebody else's voice in this letter. You know how really good writers or good editors can say they recognize the way a person speaks and when somebody else, uh, other language is taken from somebody else and put in, people who are savvy about such things recognize that they say, you know, there's someone else involved in the writing of this. Now she's saying to who got to you? She's essentially saying, who got to you? How could you pull back? The evidence we had was unequivocal regarding the efficacy of ivermectin and you know he has no answer he kind of you know blathermouths around doesn't really answer her and i'm going to close out the first five i want to plant that seed because i really want you to start to think about on a really high level kind of above the day-to-day battles over treatments and doctors what is going on in this world what is going on in this world that you would have a doctor like this woman tess laurie who's still a doctor in england she's now she's putting this out now saying what in the world are you doing, Dr. Andrew Hill? Just recognize how many voices are speaking up more and more and more and questioning the entire way in which the medical establishment of the world, the World Health Organization, people donating money to the World Health Organization, uh, countries that support it, doctors in this country, more and more people raising questions about the entire handling of the COVID um, episode. And in the very early stages, it was correct to call it a pandemic, or you know, as far as I know, it's correct to call it a pandemic. But many doctors have been now saying for a, you know, a year, the pandemic is over. It's, it, we, there isn't a pandemic anymore. And yet we still have um, the panic, the fear mongering going on and on coming out of the likes of Anthony Fauci. I'll close the first five by saying this. I'm unaware of any other episode in world history in which a disease that spread around the world, so doctors know about it in every country and much international conversation has occurred, I am unaware of any other instance, any other disease in which 
doctors who are credible, who are well-trained, who are savvy, have been openly, publicly questioning not just the advice of other doctors, but the motive for the advice other doctors are giving. And that's what Tess Lowry is really getting at and asking us of Dr. Andrew Hill, what, who got to you? Why would you pull back? And as she says, it's millions are dying. People are in the hospital dying. You know about an effective medication. You agreed it was effective. And then when you had your chance to write your letter to World Health Organization, he backed off a letter filled, according to experts, with the voice of somebody else pressuring him and saying essentially, well, I think we better do a whole bunch more testing. In which case, I mean, literally talk about blood on someone's hands. When you had doctors and hospitals and healthcare providers of all kind waiting for some approved way to handle this, um, handle COVID-19, and you had this doctor pulling back on the evidence, you, uh, the proof that he had, and still a year later, this Dr. Tess Laurie actually wanted to go public, make a video and put it out there for the world to see, asking what in the world happened to you? We're in a very, very serious time. And it's important not just for doctors to question each other and for medical institutions and hospitals to do that. It's important for you and me and the American citizenry and anyone who loves America, loves freedom, to really be willing to question the medical establishment. I tell you from most of American history, and most people, in fact, most people today, many will say, well, you know, uh, of course I listened to Dr. Fauci. You know, he's the expert, he's got the top job, he's probably right. It is unusual in American history, and it is, it's almost feels foreign to us to question medical authorities. Maybe not people who listen to my show, people are listen, who are actually paying attention and reading and learning and not waiting to have uh, Dr. Fauci spoon feed to you the next thing you're supposed to think and do. For thinkers, for thinkers, yes, there have been questions for a long time. But for many people now, even those who are normally deferential to uh, Dr. Fauci's of the world, the establishment, they're starting to question what in the world is happening. And in part because they're seeing doctors actually openly questioning other doctors, questioning the NIH, questioning CDC, questioning FBI, say, FDA, saying what in the world is going on. I'm going to wrap up the first five by saying that is really the theme of the show today is to encourage you to think in bigger and bigger pictures what is occurring uh, with COVID, COVID treatments, the vaccines, uh, the way in which the entire crisis has been handled because it has enormous ramifications for the future of freedom in America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Before we get into the next segment, for the people who are listening on radio, I want to be sure you know, first of all, thank you for listening to America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. My show is America Can We Talk. And you can always find this show. If you're listening on radio, it's important to know, you can find this show at our website at americacanwetalk.org. americacanwetalk.org. Great way to be in touch with the show. Check out our videos. Check out our past interviews. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, so it's a great way to be in touch. So what America can we talk to? Okay, next thing I want to talk today is about Dr. Martin's uh, vaccine litigation. Many people have been following uh, the thinking and writing and speaking of this Dr. Martin. And in part, it is because he is one who's gone back to look at uh, the patents that the pharmaceutical companies were pursuing when those patent applications were made and when did they ask for a patent for certain items and then how those patent applications that seem to have 
you know, uh, had a, you know, a crystal ball understanding that, that COVID-19 was going to come along. Many of the vaccine uh, patent applications for vaccines predated the appearance of COVID on the scene. And many of those vaccine applications appeared now to, to be appearing again the, as we move forward fighting with, against COVID-19. So I'm, I'm going to get some pretty serious points about this. But I first want to say, so Dr. Martin's been doing that. He's also been really warning people to understand, in addition to the fact that you were driven away by Dr. Fauci from, um, you know, from ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, all these very wonderful treatments. At the same time, you've had the pharmaceutical industry compounded with the federal government pushing vaccines. So Dr. Martin spoke at a um, conference this past weekend in San Diego. It was one of Clay Clark's reawakened tour uh, speeches. And I broke this up in two parts. Um, I want to ask uh, Mr. Becker to play the first part. This is what Dr. Martin was talking about. Uh, and this has to do with how do we challenge and fight what seems to be the monolithic power of the pharmaceutical companies who have completely gotten in bed with the federal government, the FDA, the CDC, all the NIH, all these organizations who are supposed to protect American citizens and check on the safety of the vaccines seem in bed, seem in said to be in bed with the vaccine manufacturers. Um, and this is, I want to show you two different things Dr. Martin had to say this weekend. Let's play the first one of Dr. Martin, please. I've got great news to share with all of you. We have actually filed in the state of Utah, in the federal court in Utah, the first charges against the actor in chief, the puppet in chief, the individual who's masquerading as President Joe Biden, named as the defendant in a lawsuit that we have filed in the state of Utah in federal court. And what we are doing is challenging the very heart and soul of what is going on right now, making it a, a, uh, a, a very interesting situation where the misnomer of calling the injections that are being uh, pushed on people and mandated across this country, making sure that we actually litigate the case that these in fact are not vaccinations by the legal definition. They are in fact experimental gene therapies known to harm and kill people, known to actually stay inside of the human body for over 60 days producing pathogens that are scheduled toxins and have been scheduled toxins since we started recording what scheduled toxins were um, in the wake of the PREP Act. So, so the case that has been filed was filed um, about uh, 10 days ago, just at the end of, um, on Thursday and Friday of actually last week. Um, so we have, we have commenced the legal proceedings what you need to do is have a look at prosecutenow.com. Every one of you can go online and download it. The case is the Utah case. It is Griner v. Biden. And that case is going to be critical because what it does is it actually lays out for each and every one of you the ability to share the information with every elected official, with every state official, with every appointed official, with every public health board agency, employer, anything else which once again puts them on notice that in fact they're participating in what is in fact medical malpractice. And this is a really critical point because it is actually illegal in every state in the union to actually falsify the what's called the deceptive medical practice, to actually inform people that something is happening when you're willfully misleading the public. Let's take a step back and remember that the term vaccination has always meant the disruption of infection or transmission. 
And in the case of what is happening right now, neither one of those things is, is occurring. As a matter of fact, what is injected into the human being is instructions to make a pathogen. And that pathogen is the spike protein modeled after the SARS coronavirus model. But what's important about this is even the thing that they're injecting is actually a synthetic chimeric alternative. It actually is not sampled from the biological entity itself. And that's important because what we know is that the toxicity data, the, the entire process whereby the body clears both the mRNA as well as the proteins that are being produced, is actually not independently verified by any party, including the manufacturers of the injections themselves. We know what's happening right now is that based on recent papers, we actually see that the not only the mRNA, but the actual proteins manufactured by the mRNA stay in the human body, stay in the lymphatic system, and stay in other tissues for as long as 60 days, and it may last quite a bit longer. So the heart and soul of this case is to say, number one, this is not an, a vaccination. This is, in fact, an intentional misrepresentation of that term so that the public is coerced into doing something that it would... That it would to finish his sentence, it would not otherwise do. His remarks at Clay Clark's reawakened tour, this Dr. David Martin, were so profound. I mean, literally, we could have, I could have done a much longer chunk of the show, a little more I'm going to play of him in just a moment. But I want you to really process what he's saying. America, and really the whole world, has been under this, um, you know, springing off, we talked about at the beginning of the show, springing off the beginning of the show, we're talking about um, ivermectin, and as you know, and, and hydroxychloroquine, and budesonide, everything else that doctors around the country who actually treat patients were saying are very effective, were uh, denigrated, ridiculed, uh, and, and people in America, generally speaking, I mean, we like to think we live in a country where we trust our government. And I have many friends who won't read anything except the New York Times and whatever Dr. Fauci says, who say, well, doc, well Dr. Fauci wouldn't lie, so of course it's okay. And so you had an entire medical establishment ignoring actual data, as in the, the example of ivermectin that we talked about earlier. And then if you listen to Dr. David Martin is saying, you know, we have this um, presentation to the American public of a vaccine. And he said, he's saying the vaccine, he said, again, vaccines are supposed to disrupt infection and prevent transmission, neither of which they do. The vaccines do nothing that they're supposed to do. But on top of that, he's describing these aren't vaccines in the way in the way we normally historically have considered them to be vaccines. They're experimental gene therapy, experimental gene therapy. And they actually are instructed to the, the uh, what is injected in you produces pathogens and schedule toxins. And it stays in your body a long time. So this is what he's saying about to start with. And so he's finally saying, you know, at the very least, Dr. Martin's saying, you know, get a lawsuit going. He has gotten a lawsuit going, just saying, you cannot continue to misrepresent to the American people what these vaccines are. And as you know, we, we've been talking this show many times, we have mountains of data out of the federal government, the CDC, um, the various data showing these vaccines have had a horrific impact negative impact on the American people. Now I want to go ahead and play the second portion. Um, we have that, Mr. Becker? I can't quite see it. Yeah, we do. Okay. Second um, little portion of the remarks made by Dr. Martin at Clay Clark's event in San Diego over the weekend. There is an important piece of information that came out of the 8K filings 
of Pfizer just a few weeks ago. And the reason why I wanted to call your attention to this is circled in red at the bottom of the full year financial statement. We see that in, in 2021, so the year on year comparison, 2020 to 2021, Pfizer's overall total revenues increased by $40 billion, doubling the total revenue for the company. If you go into that 8K filing, you find out some very interesting things. Not only has Pfizer become nothing but a gene therapy company from its profitability, but more importantly, if you look at those details, what you see is that in the fourth quarter of 2021, they're actually on track to beat their revenue by 105% year on year. In other words, somebody is spending more money because remember, we're not doing more injections right now. The peak injections, the people who were actually willing to fall for it early on have already done it. And the boosters have not been picked up the way people thought they would. So we've got a very interesting challenge, people, because you have to ask yourself, okay, if we've gone through the first spike of injections, we've gone through the second spike of injections, we've gone through the boosters, we've gone through all those things. How is it that in the fourth quarter of 2021, we still see an increase in revenue of 105%. And the answer is actually buried in a very interesting phrase that I want all of you to see. I want you to photograph it. I want you to write it down and I want you to share this because it's vital that you see that in January, 2022, and let's go ahead and read what's on the bottom of that screen. Pfizer and Acuitous Therapeutics. Now, those of you who remember the the situation in Canada with the truckers and, and Justin Trudeau know that Acuitous Therapeutics is a British Columbia based technology that is now held by a Canadian company, Acuitous Pharmaceuticals. That is the lipid nanoparticle that is used to deliver mRNA and deliver the kill shot into the arms of people around the world. That Acuitous, that Acuitous that actually has Canadian ownership interest and Canadian economic interest from the standpoint of a permanent royalty flowing back to the University of British Columbia, that Acutus Therapeutics, which is a company focused on developing the lipid nanoparticle delivery system to enable mRNA-based therapeutics, announced that they, in, they entered into a development and option agreement under which Pfizer will option to license a non-exclusive basis Acutus LNP, the lipid nanoparticle technology, for up to, you heard it people, 10 10 new target vaccines. Okay, I want a couple points about that. First of all, I'm very glad that he explained all this because, you know, I, I do this show, I, I would not pretend to be a doctor or medically trained, but I do, I am willing to put on competent, amazingly well-informed and very brave doctors, either on the show with me in studio or on Skype or whether we're just quoting from other conferences. What I want to do in this show is help Americans wake up to the reality that COVID was not handled in anything like a sane, rational way, the way people would respond normally, the medical establishment would respond normally to uh, a new threat of, of any kind. So one little point he made in there, I want to just underscore. He's showing you uh, that chart he had up, this is Dr. Martin at the Clay Clark event last week in San Diego. He had the bottom that in addition to all these billions, B as in Biden, billions of dollars that the uh, pharmaceutical companies are making off these vaccines, they now have in line to create in the future 10 new vaccines. And I want to just then step back and remind you of something. Normally, a disease develops. People became aware of polio 
or other diseases in which a virus is involved or uh, whatever was involved. And they go to make a vaccine because they, they make a vaccine in reaction to the presentation of a disease. So SARS-CoV-19, and we were all led to believe, yeah, you know, the, um, the uh, thank goodness the government and the pharmaceutical companies jumped on board. We, COVID came along, we all jumped and got rolling, and lo and behold, we have these wonderful vaccines. That was the storyline. But Martin has already disabused anyone paying attention of believing that idea, since he's been able to show these pharmaceutical companies were getting, uh, were, get, were getting patents for these vaccines before the, so the SARS-CoV-19 whole thing started. But on top of that, and far more important for this conversation, the Pfizer is now telling the world, a footnote he had highlighted in, in the slide you just saw, that they have in line 10 more vaccines. People, how do they know what disease is going to come along? How does Pfizer know what to make into a vaccine? What, what vaccine will be needed unless they are perhaps participating in the cultivation of these diseases? It's very important to understand, and the amount of money Pfizer, especially Pfizer has made, this is the same company that when they were asked for their data in, in the course of litigation, of Freedom Information Act litigation, we want to see your data, your safety data about the vaccines. Um, they said they needed 57 years to produce it, or 75, whatever it was. They had data, they have you know, raised to market, made billions, but when they have to show proof of what they did to see if the vaccines were safe, that they wanted, whatever it was, 57 years before they produced it. I'm going to interrupt myself here to say for our radio listeners, you're listening to America Can We Talk. My name is Debbie Georgiatis. Our website is americacanwetalk.org. Do not go away. It's a three-minute break for you folks on radio. Come right back for a second uh, half-hour show right after you come back from our break. My friends listening online, I cannot urge you strongly enough to listen to and read what Dr. Martin is saying because it helps you process what is really occurring and actually helps you start to, to start to get a bigger, I mean, and I'm and sorry to be wishing that you be more and more concerned, but you should be more and more concerned about what is the agenda here? What is the agenda? Why is Pfizer, you know, hiding uh, safety data, but planning on the next 10 vaccines? They're obviously not waiting till a new disease develops. They are creating vaccines in anticipation or perhaps an awareness of what disease will come along next. Okay, on this quick little break though, uh, we have our radio listeners going on a break. I wanna just throw in a very quick and kind of interesting little piece about our elections next year. The Democrats are getting worried about our elections next year. Bad, 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 bad polling for the Democrats. Um, and they had, this is Wall Street Journal polling and other polling too, has been telling the Democrats that they are in to take a, you know, they're gonna take a major bath in the election cycle of 2022. Unless, of course, they can, again, manipulate the electronic voting machines and use other methods to cheat. But assuming actual honest elections occur, Democrats realize they're in big, 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 big trouble. Uh, they're likely to lose the House. Uh, we, we can live in, uh, live in hope they're going to lose the Senate. But I will tell you, an interesting little poll that came out of polling made me very, very nervous. Um, by, by nine percentage points... Hispanic voters in a new poll said they back a Republican candidate for Congress over a Democrat. This is the generic to his speaking to Hispanic voters. Would you vote, rather vote for Republican versus Democrat? 
by nine points, Hispanics are saying Republicans, they're finally waking up to the reality that Democrat policies never, ever, ever, ever help them. Uh, very similarly, uh, Democrat margin of victory among black voters is going way, way, way down, dropping from, uh, let's see, dropping from, uh, it formerly was uh, in a, um, of the voters who favored a Democrat for Congress by 35 percentage points uh, previously, uh, no, now uh, down from 56 points. So now fewer than half of, of black voters say they would kind of gut, gut check, go for the uh, Democrats. So Democrats are very worried, all sorts of bad polling, and they're in the middle of a, uh, you know, internecine or a civil war inside the Democrat Party, because you have the, uh, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the left-wing lunatic communist wing of the Democrat Party holding office in Washington, and they're saying, you know, Biden ought to do every radical left-wing thing possible, do it by executive order, you know, go for the leftist agenda right now, and I'm sure the people of more numbers in, in Congress, the Democrats are saying, you know, that's a really, really bad idea, you know, we should, we should be more moderate, come back to the center. So they're having a civil war on this over Congress, in Congress, uh, you know, and we'll see how that plays out. So welcome back to our radio listeners. I will tell you that very quickly on the break, we were talking about how uh, the Demo recent polling shows Democrat voters uh, are not happy with the Biden administration, not happy with the direction of the country. Uh, polling showing Democrats about to take a big bath um, this fall in the November 2022 elections. I will say the other little uh, point on this before I go to my last and segment, at which ties into everything we've been talking about today. Um, you know, when the Democrats, right now, they're kind of like cornered animals. The Democrat Party is. They are Marxist. They have shown their true colors. The American people can finally see the reality that the Democrat Party is no longer playing on the American playing field, no longer supportive of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, anything about real America. The Democrat Party has, has been taken over by the communists. And so... The American people are not liking it. They are disgusted by the fact we don't enforce the border. They are disgusted by the fact that we have shown America around the world to be weak, to be uh, vulnerable. Uh, many people assume that Putin was comfortable invading Ukraine because he can't possibly imagine Biden and the Democrat Party or the American military and the Democrats uh, doing anything about it. I mean, America is weak. Our economy is terrible. Inflation is flying through the roof real dollar impact on real families. Uh, and so the American people are getting just a taste of what it means with the Democrat agenda and the Democrat mindset means they don't like it very much. So be prepared for some either big pivot that the Democrats will do, which I don't think they're capable of, but the other thing they will do is generate yet another crisis. It is how leftists in this country and frankly around the world always acquire more power. They generate crises, they manufacture crises, and then when everyone believes the crises that they are sending out via their propaganda machine, they leap in with a solution, and they've got the American people so frightened and so concerned that they, the Democrats, win the day by saying, hey, this crisis that we just invented a half an hour ago, uh, we're the ones that vote for us, we'll solve it. So Democrats are looking for a new crisis, whether it's a new virus, some other crisis, they're looking for one because that is the only way they win is by creating crises and then claiming they're there to, um, to save the world from it. So that's the Democrats are kind of in a mess. Okay, the last thing I want to hit on today, this is uh, a, a truly astonishing thing I, I want to urge you to think about. So there is a, a gentleman, actually I shouldn't even call him a gentleman, a completely evil, inhumane creep of an individual named Yuval Noah Harari. And uh, he's a doctor, as in PhD doctor, Yuval Noah Harari. 
He is the author of a book called Sapiens. And I will tell you that this, this book, um, it's called Sapiens. The subtitle is A Brief History of Humankind. And he's an Israeli. Um, he's an atheist, strident atheist. And in this book, which has been around obviously for a while, for seven years, but part of what he talks about in there is, since he's an atheist, he cannot, um, he, he's, he tries to do a, a you know, deep, you know, millennia historical view of how man evolved from being, you know, just uh, from, as he says, from being homo to homo sapien. I mean, how mankind, you know, homo being man, and, and the Latin term man, the homo sapien is like intelligent man or savvy man. So he's trying to trace all that with, with in his book, Sapiens, with no, I mean, in fact, not just ignoring God, but very much rejecting the idea that God exists. So everything that's ever happened, everything that's ever happened uh, is the result of evolution, um, some other physical cause, never, never God. Among the most dark and empty and evil and horrible things about the way he thinks is that because he says there is no God, there is therefore truly no meaning for life. Life has no meaning. Life has no purpose. People have no purpose. People have no identity, meaning, or purpose. Very mocking of the idea that you know people have a soul or that we have God-given identity and characteristics. All of that is rejected. So it's a very empty and, and ugly and, and, and meaningless uh, presentation of life. In fact, among the crazy things that come out of what he's saying, he talks about the real history of the universe and you know, Big Bang and Stardust and you know has this, I don't know if it's a line or uh, he said in the book or what he wrote, but he talked about human beings are made of stardust. Like that's what humans are, we're just stardust what else could we be because the earth began because of the big bang and some star so everything he presents about mankind is premised on this idea no god exists no purpose for life exists no meaning of life no there, ha, life has no meaning at all and so you know a lot of people throughout history have come to these kind of ideas because they've had empty and sad lives because all sorts of reasons they would have but they've come to these conclusions and mostly, you know, we just say, well, you know, I'm sorry for that person. They are so sad and hopeless and soulless and, and you feel sad for them. But this is a guy who's emerged from this, you know, his studies. Uh, he's a professor um, in Israel. He's a professor. I'm sorry, I don't know what school he's at, but in any case, he, he's a professor um, and he's become somewhat of a kind of a, a guru figure in the anti-God movement. I mean, a, a, you know, he's kind of this propped up as this really, really savvy, super intellectual. This guy has it all figured out. And so, and he, and this book, I don't know if it was a bestseller, but in any case, it's very, very, very thick. I mean, a really thick book. I've not read it. Um, but the point of it, of the entire book is to say, you know, no point in life. In addition, many actually thoughtful, intelligent reviewers have reviewed the book and said, essentially, you know, there's a lot of leaps he makes with no, you know, le leaps of logic, leaps of fact, you know, leaping to conclusions with no science at all. There's nothing behind a lot of what he says. And I will tell you, this is my thought, not his, but not the thought of the reviewers. If you, it's like he wanted it to be true that there's no God and no meaning of life and no purpose and no, you know, plan, no divine origin. 
He wanted it to be true, so he just writes it down in a book, puts his name next to him because he's Mr. PhD, and and kind of tries to make it so because he wants this to be true. He'll write it down, make it so. But actually, there have been quite a few very, very thoughtful people uh, commenting on the book saying, you know, this is just a, um, this is a very sad and, 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 um, and sad guy, kind of pathetic figure, um, but he's also someone who should not be taken seriously academically. Just because he happened to land a position at a university does not make him academically sound at all, at all. He, and, and much of what he wrote has no citations to it. But the reason we're talking about him today, and it ties in with everything we've been talking about, is that he is now, astonishingly, or maybe not astonishingly, he is a top advisor to Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab, who wants a new world order, who wants to have the abandonment of nation states and have this new world socialist order run by the intellectuals, you know, the really, really smart people who are going to orchestrate everything, organize life, and they're going to redist- if they had their way, destroy the identity of nation states, have a new world order, they would impose the economic system, they would redistribute wealth. In the famous words of Klaus Schwab, you'll own nothing. You will own nothing and you'll be happy about it. You'll be happy. The notion that these people are thinking, they can kind of organize the world and be really um, better than God and better than any other human construct, they want to reorganize the world and run the world and take away the individual freedom of, of people around the, the planet. So, you know, if you wondered whether or not Klaus Schwab might have a grain of morality to him, understand he would hire this guy as a chief advisor, as a chief advisor. Now I want to have uh, Mr. Becker play for you a clip. The recent comments by this guy, uh, Dr. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari, and just listen what he has to say and understand what he's saying is, he's saying in plain English, they can use vaccines, injections on unwitting people to bring people under control, turning people into robots. This is transhumanism idea. But what he's really, in the parts I want to focus on today, have to do with the idea that he sees these, the power of vaccines and what they can inject in people, because they're not real vaccines, what they can inject in them will ultimately allow them the new world order. We want to run your life and, and take away your freedom and take away your country and take away everything you own. Those people think they can actually like you would program a computer, so it, or program you know anything, a, a simple operation, program a clock so it you know the alarm goes off in the morning. They can program human beings, and that's what they actually think. Now, Mr. Beck, let's play that. Many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough, and nobody had enough computing power and data to hack millions of people. Neither the Gestapo nor the KGB could do it. But soon, at least some corporations and governments will be able to systematically hack all the people. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. Data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power 
to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. And if indeed we succeed in hacking and engineering life, this will be not just the greatest revolution in the history of humanity. This will be the greatest revolution in biology since the very beginning of life four billion years ago. For four billion years, nothing fundamental changed in the basic rules of the game of life. All of life for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enab enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. So after four billion years of organic life shaped by natural selection, we are entering the era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. So does the data about my DNA, my brain, my body, my life, does it belong to me or to some corporation or to the government or perhaps to the human collective? Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. I actually almost think I should replay that whole thing just so you can process what he's saying. Some of you I know, I actually get letters from listeners all the time, I get emails. And by the way, you can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you're looking for a really quick answer, then don't bother because I am way behind on emails. But I do get uh, emails from people uh, asking if we could talk about this topic. Today what I want to do, first of all, I want to process with you a little bit what that guy is saying. He didn't come on the scene yesterday. He's been, you saw the clip from 2020. But there's new attention being paid to what this guy is saying, Mr. Sapien, you know, this um, Israeli, um, I, I mean, he's like a, in fact, someone sent me something saying, you know, you think that George Soros is evil? You think George Soros is bad because he tries to stir up wars and, and you know, disrupt America and destroy freedom of faith and destroy religion? You know, this guy, th this guy makes George Soros look like a Boy Scout. This is what he's talking about. It is the, the, um, what he would even say is making life better 
using the technology we now have, his expression was, humans are hackable animals. Humans are hackable animals. This is how he's thinking about everyone. And, and he and others like him, I mean, the Klaus Schwab's world will say, well, yeah, you know, I mean, we can make life better. We'll hack into their brains. We'll hack into their, their identity. And they're going to, all of a sudden, you know, they're never, ever again going to be, um, you know, whatever you want to change about them. They're, they're going to be, uh, not to be, they're not going to be uh, tardy people. They're not going to be people who are always running late. They're going to be on time. They're not going to be people who this, they're going to do that. You can a whole litany of characteristics. And they're saying, basically, we can hack into you and change how you think. And obviously, he has eye-rolling dismissal, the idea of each of us having individual freedom. In fact, his expression was free will, free will, and souls, the idea of having a soul, it's over, all gone, we're done, we're done with this. He's treating it as, you know, long ago, kind of cutesy little ancient myths that people used to believe this idea of man has free will, and we have, you know, we have God-given identity, we have a soul, we have God-given purpose. He's not just eye-rolling about it. He's saying, I don't care if you think you do have those things. I don't care if you, you know, American citizens or anywhere else, you know, we, the scientists, we, the hackers of the human identity, we're going to take it away from you and we're going to control you. And the idea that someone who is just, I mean, talk, I mean, this is, you know, Hitler level, Mengel level, destroying your very identity thinking and he's presenting it as, you know, well, it's just wisdom. We, we progress. We moved along. We don't have to be stuck with people who, you know, have some fault of some kind, some deficiency. You know, we're just going to hack in and change them and fix them. And, you know, we probably will do more about, in fact, I have, I have in mind someone I want to have in the show sometime to talk about the transhumanism movement. But I want to go back and tie this into what we were talking about earlier today about the COVID vaccines and about the way the World Health Organization responded to, and all of the medical establishment in the world responded to COVID. I mean, isolated doctors, in fact, thousands of doctors tried to speak up, but the overall reaction of the medical community in America, you know, the, the national, the establishment, the NIH and CDC and FDA and most of the state medical boards, everybody said, everyone's just gonna wait and listen to Fauci and see what he has to say. Wait to see what Fauci has to say. Oh, Fauci says vaccines, okay, everyone's going to the vaccine route. And so this notion of vaccines, and vaccines, as you likely heard, we were hearing from the second part of the show today, Dr. Martin talking about, these are not vaccines anything like a real vaccine. Anything like, and people say, well, gee, you know, uh, my kids got all the following vaccinations. I mean, you know, they, uh, no one fretted about that now. Why are we all of a sudden making a new big deal? Well, the new big deal is because what is gene therapy? They aren't vaccines. They are gene modification therapy. They, they are intended to be that. And, and that they would not deny that. They're saying, yeah, isn't it great? It's an advance. But when you think about somebody like this guy, this Dr. Harari, who says, whose book, Sapiens, is saying life has no purpose, man has no purpose, man has no identity, has no soul, there's no God, there's just the human brilliance of Dr. Harari and the other evil Dr. Mengel Hitlerian kind of people who think they are entitled to control your life, to hack you as the human, to change you as the human, to make you what they want you to be. 
That's what they think. And they would say, yeah, that's, that's, we're so glad that Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab and the new uh, World Economic Forum, the New World Order, we're all on board for this. Yeah, look what we're going to do. They actually think they're helping. And I will say, for people, for some people who are kind of dubious about God, you know, they're atheistic or agnostic, they might be thinking, well, you know, maybe it's kind of a good idea. I mean, maybe these people will come up with great changes. Maybe they'll fix things about me. Maybe I can be hacked into and make me no longer, I don't know, whatever fault they would have. So they might say, yeah, yeah, hack into me. I want. But this whole notion is utterly contrary. Cannot live in the same universe with the ideas of the founding of America. With the ideas recited in the Declaration of Independence that we're all created equal. That we have a creator, God. And as the Bible recounts early on in Genesis, that man is made in the image and likeness of God. As the declaration says, we have God-given rights, the right to life and liberty and the pursuit of property, the right to have free will. This God-given individual identity that is man, that was recognized by the founders, and they built a country around the idea of individual man, individual men and women, people having rights and being able to live pursue their version of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. As long as I'm hurting somebody else, you have that. And the purpose of government is to protect your right to live in freedom. What America's founding ideas are, are 100% the opposite. They have cannot live in the same universe as the ideas of this Dr. Harari, who wrote Sapiens, who's now the top advisor to Klaus Schwab. It's one or the other. It's a country living with rights from God, as America intent was intended to be, and, and having our version of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, which includes, of course, the right to decide whether or not to get a vaccine that the government is pushing. That's part of your individual freedom in America. And then you have the vision of the world, which Dr. Harari and others who think like him are saying, yeah, but, you know, we really need to let the super intelligent, you know, the ruling class, the, you know, you know kind of the, 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 the uh, intellectually superior people take charge. Don't worry that everything, you, you won't own anything and you won't care. You won't own any property and you won't care. You won't have any rights, but you won't care because we'll take care of you. We'll take care of the world. We'll redistribute wealth. We'll take care of everybody. We'll decide what rights you have based on what we, the ruling class, think you should have. These are utterly contrary ideas. You literally can't have both at the same time. And this is among the reasons that the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the New World Order types who have now penetrated and permeated the Democrat Party of America, which is really the Communist Party of America, these ideas are all okay with them. I mean, they might say, well, I don't want you to really take away my free will, but yeah, I, I would let them rule everything. I would let them run everything. They could probably make things better. Heck, you know, the world has lots of problems. They could probably make things better. But among the reasons what we're talking about is so inconsistent with the idea of America is that beautiful phrase that we, are, upon which we are governed, our, gov our government was created, the government exists to function in America with the consent of the governed. The consent of the governed. If people can inject something in you that changes your, your genes, that is gene altering, gene modifying, and they can force you to take that because they are telling you, 
you won't be able to leave your house, have freedom, get on an airplane, go to a restaurant. They can force you to do that, and that's what these these um, gene, uh, they're not vaccines, you even call them, these gene-altering forced injections are doing. And then you, you couple that with how Harari thinks about the world, about people, that we're all programmable animals. I mean, that was his word. Humans are hackable animals. You can see why it's important more than ever for Americans especially, but people around the world to stand up and say, we're not going, we have the right to control our bodies and our lives, and we are not going to be controlled by, you know, the Dr. Mengel, lunatic, evil level of Dr. Harari or anyone else, or by forced vaccines from our government when we don't know what's in them and we don't like what we do know about them. This is a fight really to hold on to ultimately the right of the individual to live in freedom. The most basic promise of America's founding is the right of individuals to live in freedom. We'll talk more about this. We have like 30 seconds left for our radio audience. I want to urge you again to go to americacanwetalk.org and visit our website, subscribe to our newsletter, and tune in every day, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. You can also make purchases at MyPillow.com to support this show. Put in Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, in the promo code you check out. You can support this show by buying things at MyPillow, but mostly you can support it by coming back every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. Okay, so we wrap up our show every day by telling you, uh, I got to tell you these Monday shows, I kind of, when Monday morning comes around, I have to tell you, I have so many things to talk about and so little time, but I really love this idea on Mondays, kind of dress down, deep dive Monday to get into a topic in more depth than you sometimes can with a guest. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this conversation. I think it's a vital conversation to have and one we'll have to have more than once. But now I'll turn and tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we start out talking about death from ivermectin suppression. Um, Efficacy of ivermectin as treatment for COVID was asserted by many doctors early in the pandemic, now backed by multiple worldwide studies. Public health alleged authorities, Fauci, continually discredited ivermectin, blocked it from use. Dr. Andrew Hill, a pivotal voice against ivermectin before, after he was in favor of ivermectin, apparently paid by Big Pharma, who perpetrated the horse dewormer narrative, who perpetrated the horse dewormer narrative. And Hill, first was favorable and then apparently got, you know, some way tainted and turned against it. The deliberate blocking of ivermectin from COVID patients is becoming a global scandal in tandem with the Pfizer vaccine trial data now being examined and showing hundreds of known dangerous side effects. No ivermectin and mandatory vaccination. Does that really equal, and yes it does, millions of avoidable deaths? That's the question coming into focus and it won't go away without better answers. And on Dr. Martin's VAX litigation, Dr. David Martin has gone deep into Pfizer public disclosures. 10 more vaccine rollouts expected for diseases that don't exist yet. Patent, uh, uh, patent trails involving big pharma need media hype to sell vaccines for a pandemic is one of the things he features. The vaccine companies have acknowledged they need to have media hype to sell the vaccines, uh, which should not ever be the case. Shifting regulatory definitions of vaccine mRNA technology would not be labeled a vaccine without these shifts. Now pursuing litigation in federal court against the White House executive branch, this is Dr. Martin is doing this. Dr. Martin is serious, knowledgeable, articulate, formidable, not to be discounted. Americans are doubtful of the integrity and justness of the current court system. 
Martin's lawsuit will bring a new test of the court system to deal with disturbing facts. And a bad news polls for Democrats, nothing is working to turn around Biden's disastrous polling. No state of the union bounce, which is common. Uh, common, there is a bounce. Uh, Americans are not responding to message encouraging America's involvement in Russia and Ukraine. Uh, infighting among Democrats reportedly on the rise. Old school Dems demanding moderation from radical leftism because they fear losing power. AOC and the squad demanding doubling down on radical leftism. Exercise power while you have it is what they are saying. Points that Democrats need to create more fear pandemics to keep control of we the people. And that's why Americans don't trust any narrative parroted by the ruling class media. Politicians who fear losing power can be very dangerous. And finally, Dr. Her Dr. Harari's inhuman views. Yuval Noah Harari is one of the most celebrated intellectuals of the 21st century, key advisor to Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, and author of Sapiens. Dr. Harari's atheism permeates his entire worldview. Life has no meaning. God and free will are human inventions. COVID has brought about a pivotal moment in human history. Human beings have arrived at the, tra at the transition to becoming programmable and hackable machines. Dr. Harari's thinking isn't new. It is atheism with 21st century packaging. Joy, beauty, humor, fulfillment, inspiration, love, hope have no source in Dr. Harari's world. Humanity without Easter, which we'll be talking about more, the meaning of life, uh, the resurrection. Uh, humanity without Easter lives in a very dark world, a world devoid of real progress. Dr. Harari's reign will be temporary, but potentially very destructive. Be alert. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America?